I want you to uh, think back to the last time that uh, you had a bad day or maybe a bad week, month, or sometimes even a bad, a bad year. How do you find strength to go on when you're having a bad day? Or maybe you're like me sometimes, you almost feel like uh, uh, just uh, sitting on the couch or the bed and pulling the blankets over your head. Today we encounter this man, uh, David. And uh, as we think about David, he was having a terrible day that stretched into a week. And in the midst of this week, we notice a a nine-word sentence. A nine-word sentence, and it simply goes, But David found strength in the Lord his God. In the midst of despair, God raised him up. And we think about that verse that was read, God causes all things to work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Let's uh, think about all of that today, but let's have a word of prayer as we uh, begin as well. Jesus, today as we... As we think about life, so often, and it seems even more often these days than it used to be, um, many of us have bad days that stretch into weeks and maybe even months. And Lord, I pray that you might help us to see that you are our strength. And to put faith in the promises of your word where You simply say to us, you work things out for our good as we love you because of Jesus. Jesus, today I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a spiritual gift, O Lord, to be able to proclaim your word with all of the truth and the excitement and the spiritual unction that your word deserves. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we think about this portion of Scripture, it's good for us to get a a little bit of a historical understanding of what was going on there. And you might want to, and I see some of you already have, opened your Bibles to this section because uh, we're going to walk through it and then maybe even talk a little bit about what went on before and afterwards. But here is, uh, we think about King Saul. He's not mentioned, but he's such a player in this this section of Scripture. And we think about Saul. He was was called to be the first king of Israel. Things went so well. He was head and shoulders above everybody else until he became disobedient to God. And... uh, he disobeyed God on a couple of occasions and, and God said, I've, I've had it with that. And he took the kingdom away from him. And then we think about this young boy, David. Called to be king and anointed to be king. And I'm going through, there's so many Bible stories along with this that you probably can remember, but here Young boy David, anointed as king. And then you think about Goliath. Did you realize that David had already been anointed as king even when he faced Goliath? Who was supposed to go out and face Goliath? 
Here's Saul, the, the largest one, against Goliath, their giant. But who actually did it? And of course, we remember it wasn't Saul, the one who obviously seemed to be outwardly at least the king, but it was the one who was the true king, David. God had already anointed him, and he went and he fought the giant. And then we began to think about Saul once again. What did they say about David? David has, or Saul has killed his thousands, and David has killed his what? Ten, thousands, uh, tens of thousands. We're going to read it here in a minute, but... Uh, Anyway, as we think about it, that irked Saul so much that he wanted to kill David. And for years, until David was 30 years old, Saul sought him to put him to death. And what was the instance? David ended up going over to the Philistines, living there under Achish. And yes, even going out to war with Achish at times, and his Philistines. And that's where we pick David up today. He actually was going to war with the Philistines. Now, let's think about it for a moment or two here. We, we put this under the, the label or the heading of fired employment. And I've you have to bear with me on these. I, I, I think these things up and, and sometimes they come out and they, they sound good, but fired employment. David was working under Achish. He was going to war with Achish. What did you have to do in those days to go to war? It was a lot more strenuous than today. Uh, they didn't have people that work in an office like me and sit back there and you can be, uh, you know, almost 70 years old. Is that the kind of people that go to war? No, it's the young people. And they had trained. And by the way, it's not just gamers. It's not somebody that can just send a drone over. Uh, but they had to be in shape. And so they had to work out, and what did they have to do with their equipment? They had to make their own equipment and be ready for war. And it was a strenuous thing. But what was the goal? The goal was to win. And of course, if you won, you got the plunder and you got the land and you got everything. And what happened if you lost? You lose everything, including what? Your life. And so they trained, and it was a, a serious thing. And it, from, from what we can see here, then they had to pack up all of their equipment and march for three days to get to the, the site of where they were going. And when they got there, the people that were with David realized that he was an Israelite. And who were they going to war against? The Israelites. And so what did they say? And uh, we notice here that the commanders complained about David, and yet Achish, the king of the Philistines, could find no fault with him. Look at verses 29, or chapter 29, verse 3. Achish replied, Is this not David, who was an officer of 
Saul, the king of Israel, he has already been with me for over a year. And from the day he left until now, I have found no fault with him. But the other leaders said, send him back. When we get into battle, he'll turn against us. This is the David that they sang about in their dances. Saul has slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. But Achish replied in verse 6, As surely as the Lord lives, David, you have been reliable. And I would be pleased to have you serve with me in the army. From this day until now, I have found no fault in you, but the rulers don't approve of you. And what's David's response? Here, here is David. He had put all of this effort and all of his men had put all of this effort into getting to this place. And he says, what have I done? What have you found against your servant from the day that I came to you until now? Why can't I go and fight against the enemies of my Lord, the king? But Achish replied, I know that you have been with me. You have been pleasing in my eyes as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the Philistine commanders have said, you must not go with us into battle. Now get up early, along with your master's servants who have come with you, and leave in the morning as soon as it is light. And so David and his men got up early in the morning to go back to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. In spite of the fact that his employer could find absolutely nothing wrong with him, the other employers had created a situation where David was relieved of his duties. How did David find strength to go on when he was having a bad day? That nine-sentence word. But David found strength in the Lord his God, and he raised him up. You know, life can be that way at times, can't it? I've even been talking to some of you about work situations here this morning in Sunday school. You can maybe do everything right. But because of a situation, or because of jealousy, or a whole list of other reasons, the people that you work with can turn against you and make things terrible between you and your employer. It could even be that your employer, your boss, thinks of you in, in such a way that you're an angel of God to him. But the situation proceeds to the place where you lose your job. What do you do? We remember how David found strength in the Lord his God. And you ponder the promise that God causes all things to work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose and just rest in the fact that he will, in the end, raise you up. So we go now from fired employment to burned environment. Once again, I have you uh, uh, just uh, take pleasure in my, my uh, entitlements here. David went home. How far was it from, for David to get home? 
Think about how, how it went there. What did they have to do? Pack up all their gear, and they walked for three days to get home. Now, how many, have any of you driven for three days? Just driven for three days. It's a strenuous thing, traveling, isn't it? But these guys had to carry their equipment for three days. You can imagine what they felt like when they got there. And what happened when they arrived? What was it like? We notice here that uh, when they arrived, they pulled into the driveway to find their houses had been burned to the ground, their possessions had been taken, and their families had been kidnapped. Hopefully life hasn't gotten to that point yet. But where would you be if you were fired, you drove three days to get home, only to find your house, a smoldering pit, and your children and your husband or wife had been taken with all of your belongings? Is the situation that bad yet? Has it ever been? Maybe it is now. What do you do? Remember how David found strength in the Lord his God. Ponder his promises that he will cause all things to work out for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And just rest in the fact that yes, he will raise you up. Well, we turn to the next one of my uh, things here, and that's smoldering associates. David had lost everything. It says there that they were, they were weeping until they, they couldn't weep any longer. But to top all of this off, his associates were burning with anger against him to the point that they were discussing stoning him. David had lost everything, and now these guys that are with him are going to stone him. When you're having a bad day or a bad week, for someone to blame you, they look for someone to blame. David was discouraged, and yet he found strength in the Lord, and God raised him up. And he'll do the same for us. Observing the small picture, uh, we see here that David was having a bad day that it stretched into a bad week. But if we could get a picture of what was really going on in the big picture? We understand that God was working things out for David's good, even though David was not aware of it. What was the big picture? We notice that David found strength in the Lord and God raised him up. But what about Saul? What was going on there with Saul? We remember uh, that the Philistines were coming up against Israel. Saul realized that there was a, a massive army against him and he was so upset about what was going to happen that he, he even went and found a, a, a witch, the witch of Endor, to try and get a sense of what would go on to foretell the future. And the witch told him that it was not going to be good for him. As a matter of fact, the answer was this. You and all of your sons are going to die in battle tomorrow. 
And that's the day that David was fired from his job. God prevented David from going into battle against King Saul so that he would not have to be accused of being there on the day that the king was put to death. That's the big picture. That's the day that David was fired. God prevented him from going into battle on that day. By the way, uh, and just, just for your notice, and it's the same picture in all of these, this is the city um, where Saul, after he was beheaded, they carried his body and hung it on the wall in this city. And Karen and I took these pictures when we were there in Israel. And that's what they did with King Saul. A few days later, a week or two later, and if you, you almost have to break into the next, the next book here, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 1, you notice that they carried the crown and the armband of King Saul to David to make him visibly the king. A terrible week, but God had a bigger plan. God was taking the kingdom from Saul and making David king. And in the midst of his worst days, God was working things out for his good. What about David's family? And if we follow the, the chapter a little bit farther after this, we notice that, that, that David was going to find out that God would allow him to pursue his family. The Lord's response to David was simply saying, pursue them, verse 8. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. And that's exactly what happened. David fought them from dusk until evening of the next day, and none of them got away. David recovered everything from the Amalekites that they had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young and old. Everything was brought back. He took all of the flocks and the herds and his men drew, drove them ahead of him and the livestock saying, this is David's plunder. Well, we noticed that he now had a new job. We had his family back. What about his house? I mean, it was still burned. But soon he was made king and moved to Hebron and he didn't need that house. In the midst of a bad day, a bad week, David found strength in the Lord his God and God raised him up. Am I saying that God is going to make you a king or a queen? No, I'm not saying that. It's what I'm saying is that God does know your situation. That he has promised to work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. You may not see it tomorrow or next week, maybe not even next year, but you will see it as clear as glass in eternity. I would be remiss if I stopped right here. It'd be easy to stop right here. But I honestly believe, you know, oftentimes David is looked upon and uh, as a type or a picture of Jesus. But I honestly believe that in this situation, 
David was more a picture of us. Physically in life, there are those times when we get to the very end of ourselves, aren't there? But what about spiritually? Do you ever get to the end of yourself spiritually? You find that because of the actions of your life, you haven't got a chance before God or for, before eternity. And God knows that. And just like David, God steps in in the person of Jesus Christ. Where we're at the end of ourselves, really, spiritually, that's where God wants us to be. Because then we're willing to look to Jesus. Jesus died for us on the cross. In a few minutes, we're going to take communion and we hear the promises where, where our sins are forgiven. And as we think about that, I, I love the verses from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. When you're there at the end of yourself like David was, Christ died for us. For scarcely would a person die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die. But God shows His love for us in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we now have been justified by His blood, much more we have been saved by Him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by His death, by the death of His Son. Much more we have been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. When we're at the end of ourselves, Jesus steps in and says, I will die on the cross for your sins and you can have peace with God. Jesus, today as we receive communion, let us come with the attitude of knowing, yes, that our sins have brought us to this place. And yes, knowing that even though we're at the end of ourselves, we're at the beginning of you because you have washed away every sin. Give us that assurance as we partake of the Lord's Supper. In Jesus' name, amen.